Mr. President. The Senator from Oklahoma. We're in a third week of the impeachment trial right now. After thousands of documents be reviewed, over a dozen witnesses that we've heard, and well over a hundred video testimony clips that we've gone through, we're nearing the end. The country is deeply divided on multiple issues right now. And the impeachment trial is both a symptom of our times and another example of our division. The nation didn't have an impeachment inquiry for almost 100 years until 1868 with the partisan impeachment of Andrew Johnson. Another impeachment wasn't conducted for over 100 years after that when the House began a formal impeachment inquiry into President Nixon with an overwhelming bipartisan vote of 410 to 4. But just a little over two decades later, there was another partisan impeachment process with President Clinton when he was impeached on an almost straight partisan vote. Tomorrow, I will join many others and devote to acquit the President of the United States. His actions certainly do not rise to the level of removal from office. This is clearly another one of our partisan impeachments, now the third in our history. Over the past three years, the House of Representatives has voted four times to open an impeachment inquiry, once in 2017, once in 2018, and twice in 2019. Only the second vote in 2019 actually passed and turned it from into an actual impeachment inquiry. For four months, the country's been consumed with impeachment hearings and investigations. First rumors of issues with Ukraine arose in October, on August the 28th when Politico wrote a story about USAID being slow-walked for Ukraine. And then in September the 18th when the Washington Post released a story about a whistleblower report that claimed President Trump pressured an unnamed foreign head of state to do an investigation for his campaign. Within days of the Washington Post story, before the whistleblower report came out, before anything was known, Speaker Pelosi announced the House would begin uh, hearings to impeach the president, which led to a formal House vote to open an impeachment inquiry on October the 31st and a formal vote to impeach the president on December the 18th. The House sent over two articles of impeachment asking the Senate to decide if the president should be removed from office and barred from running from any future office in the United States, one on abuse of power, the second on obstruction of Congress. Let me take those two in order. The abuse of power argument hinges on two things. Did the President of the United States use official funds to compel the Ukrainian government to investigate Joe Biden's son and his work for the corrupt natural gas company in Ukraine, Burisma? And did the President withhold a meeting with President Zelensky until President Zelensky agreed to investigate Joe Biden's son? To be clear, the theory of the funds being withheld from Ukraine in exchange for an investigation doesn't originate from that now infamous July the 25th call. There's nothing in the text of the call that threatens the withholding of funds for an investigation. The theory originates from the belief of an ambassador of the European Union, Gordon Sondland's, his, what he said, presumption, and he repeated that over and over again, presumption, that the aid must have been held because of the president's desire to get to the Biden investigation to be able to get it done, since the president's attorney, his private attorney, Rudy Giuliani, was working to find out more about the Biden investigation in Burisma. Ambassador Sondland told multiple people about his theory, but when he actually called President Trump and asked him directly about it, the president responded that there wasn't any quid pro quo. He just said he wanted the president of Ukraine to do what he ran on and to do the right thing. Interestingly enough, 
That's the same thing that President Zelensky said and his defense minister said and his chief of staff said. The aid was held because there was a legitimate concern about the transition of a brand new president in Ukraine in his administration in the early days of his presidency. An unknown on the world stage was elected, President Zelensky, on April the 21st. His swearing-in date was May the 21st. During his swearing-in, he also abolished parliament and called for snap elections. No one knew what he was going to do or what this was going to happen or what was going to happen. Those elections happened July the 21st in Ukraine, where an overwhelming number of President Zelensky's party won in parliament. There was an amazing transition in a relatively short period of time in Ukraine. And there were a lot of questions. I would tell you, I was in Ukraine in late May of 2019, and our State Department officials there certainly had questions on the ground on the rapid transition that was happening in Ukraine. It is entirely reasonable for there to be able to be a pause at that time period. Those concerns were resolved by August and early September when the new parliament started passing anti-corruption laws and Vice President Pence sat down face-to-face -face with President Zelensky on September the 1st in Poland to discuss their progress on corruption and their progress on getting other nations to help supply more aid to Ukraine. As for the meeting with the president, that being withheld, as I just mentioned, the Vice President of the United States met with President Zelensky on September the 1st. That meeting was originally scheduled to be with the President of the United States, and all the planning had gone into it, and there's documentation for that, that there was a meeting happening between President Zelensky, which is actually the place and date that he asked for, to meet with President Trump. Except in the final moments of that, in the final days leading up to it, Hurricane Dorian approached the United States, and that meeting had to be called off with the president while he stayed here, and so the vice president went in his stead. There was no quid pro quo in a meeting. That meeting that was requested actually occurred. It was interesting to note as well, when I researched the record of past aid dates to Ukraine for the past few years, I found out in 2019 the aid arrived in September. But it's interesting, in 2016 to 2018, the vast majority of military aid each of those years, 2016, 17, and 18, also went to Ukraine in September. While it's easy to create an intricate story on the hold of foreign aid, it's also clear that President Trump has held foreign aid from multiple countries over the last two years, including Afghanistan, Pakistan, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, Lebanon, and others. There's no question that a president can withhold aid for a short period of time, but it has to be released by September the 30th, which it was to Ukraine on time. The hold did occur. There are messages back and forth to be able to hold, but it's entirely reasonable to have the hold. And it was such a short period of time and the aid arrived at the same time it usually did each of the past three years that the Minister of Defense for Ukraine actually stated that the hole was so short they didn't even know it. What's interesting about this is, this is stretched from not just an abuse of power, but also a quote-unquote obstruction of Congress. That's the second article of impeachment. The House argument was that the President didn't turn over every document and allow every witness without submitting everything to Congress immediately. They argued that if the President challenged any subpoena, he was stalling, he was acting guilty, and so it was grounds for impeachment. Remember how fast this all happened. 
The investigation started September the 24th. The official start of impeachment started October the 31st and ended on December the 18th with a partisan vote in the House for impeachment. If President Trump obstructed Congress because he didn't turn over documents with, uh, that didn't even have a legal subpoena within two months, then I would say President Obama was not impeached, but maybe he should have been, though I don't think he should have been. But if you argue in that same way, because President Obama did not honor legal subpoenas for three years on the Fast and Furious investigation when that happened. Three years he stalled out. But there was no consideration for impeaching President Obama because he shouldn't have been impeached. It was working through the court system as things move. This is a serious issue that became even more serious when the House managers moved not just to say that this is obstruction of Congress if the president doesn't immediately submit, but they took this to a different level by saying the president should not have access to the courts at all. Literally stating, does the Constitution give the legislative branch the power to block the executive branch from the judicial branch? House managers said yes. They can rapidly move through a trial, then bring the case to the Senate and have it only partially investigated, and then try to use the power of the Senate to block the executive branch from ever going to court to resolve any issue. That has not been done in the past, nor should it be. The president, like every other citizen in the United States, should have access to the courts. And it is not grounds for contempt of Congress to, not, to block the president from ever trying to go to court to resolve issues that need to be resolved. Every other president's had that right. This one should have had that right as well. This tale that President Trump thinks he's a king and he doesn't want to follow the law begs reality. Let me remind everyone of the Mueller investigation. 2,800 subpoenas that were done over two and a half years. 500 witnesses, including the president's, many of the president's inner circle. All of those were provided. None of those were blocked by the administration. And after two and a half years, the final conclusion was there was no conspiracy between the president's campaign and the Russians. The president did honor those subpoenas. The president's been very clear on multiple court cases that he did not like and did not agree with. He's been outspoken on those, but he's honored each court decision. It would be a terrible precedent for the Senate to remove a president from office because he didn't agree that Congress couldn't take away his rights in court like every other American. The difficulty in this process as with every impeachment process is separating out facts in the politics of it. There are facts in this case that we took a lot of time to go through. Each of us in this body sat for hour upon hour upon hour for two and a half weeks listening to testimony, going through the record. We all spend lots of time being able to read on our own through the facts and details. That was entirely reasonable to be able to do. But we have to examine at the end of the day what's a fact-based issue that's been answered and each of the key facts that were raised by the House all have answers. And what is a politics issue? To say in a, an election year, what is being presented by the House? To say, what can we do to slow down this process and to try to give the president a bad name during the middle of an election time period? To separate those out those two is not a simple process. But to begin with the most basic element of, do the facts line up with the accusations made by the House? They do not. Are there plenty of accusations 
Yes, there are. And my fear is in the days ahead, there'll be more and more accusations as we go. There have been for the last three years. But at this moment, in the facts of this time, in the partisan rancor from the House and into the Senate, I'm going to choose to acquit the President of the United States. This certainly does not arise to the level of removal from office and forbidding him to run for any other office in the future. It certainly doesn't arise to that level. In the days ahead, as more facts come out, all of history will be able to see how this occurred and the details of what happens next. I look forward, actually, to that continuing to be able to come out so all can be known. With that, I yield back.